This podcast is recorded in front of a live studio dog who does not pay for rent or food, yet groans and sighs as if he has the most stressful job in the world. This show is recorded in front of him. Welcome to Feel Goodery, a well-being podcast with a giant grain of salt. I'm Kyle Buchanan. I'm so happy you're here because today we are opening up the floor. I'm answering some of your questions from Sam's weight to a few of those to food combining and a whole lot of fun. A little mix of it all. I hope you enjoy it because there's fun to come. Second sparkle coming up. Here we go. Hello, my friend. I hope you're having a wonderful day and that you're treating you well. This is just your daily reminder. I just have to say the rant of the day that it is okay to sweat. And it's actually healthy to sweat. I've talked about it before, but I am a sweaty person. I always have been. I always will be. But I was at the gym today, and I've talked about this on Instagram before, but there's this one resident in my building that seems to be fascinated and fixated on how much I sweat. I have seen her a couple times now. The first time I saw her at the gym in my building, she commented on how much I sweat to me as if to let me know that I sweat as if I, or shame me. I I couldn't figure it out. She, the way she did it was in a nice, but really cringy, grossed out way. And it was condescending. It was, it was like this, (laughs) you, you, you sweat a lot, huh? Like a, like a fascination. I actually wasn't offended more as I was just shocked that a, a person would say that at a gym of all places. And all she was doing FYI was looking at her phone taking pictures, and maybe doing an exercise every 10 minutes. But she's judging me. Anyways, all this to say, if you sweat, I applaud you. And I say more sweat. Maybe you're not sweating enough. Maybe maybe you need to amp it up. Maybe we sweaters just need to show our superpower and sweat all the time. Anyways, I thought today, now that we're past the sweating thing, I thought today we could do things a little bit different and do a little Q&A with some of the questions I've received. We do a segment on the morning show called The Kyle Files where I answer uh, different viewer questions. And it really is one of my favorite things because we're able to cover a lot of information in a short period of time. It's kind of like a buffet. We're tasting a little bit of everything. And I, uh, I like a good buffet. So let's get to it. The question floor is open. If you have a question for me, you can shoot me a DM or email me at info at kylebuchanan.ca. I'll put that in the show notes. And I always do my best to answer them when I can, either on here now, on the morning show, or on Instagram. So please ask away. So let's get to these. I wanted to do the same the same one first because I got a, <laughs> I got a couple of these. So this one I'm answering is from Deirdre. She asks... How is Sam's weight doing? For those who are uh, new to the show, Sam is my live studio dog that I mentioned in the beginning of this, who is spoiled to death. Uh, And last season, I mentioned that he had put on a little weight, despite my denial and despite a sea of red flags. But to answer this, I did cut back on his treats and we've been monitoring things a little bit more closely. And I am happy to report he has lost some weight. He still has a little bit to go because it's a marathon, not a sprint. And you don't want dogs to lose too much weight too fast. That's not a good thing. Same with humans. You don't want to lose too much weight too fast. Uh, So it's a process and we're working through it. But Sam's none the wiser. He's a happy dog, despite the sighs and yawns and the, the dramatics I apply to him. He's a very happy, content dog. And he... 
he's he's doing great. So thank you for asking. Next question. So we're going to get into the nut- nutrition stuff now. We're, there's a whole bunch of different things to cover. Okay, so uh, Sean asks, is oat milk a good dairy alternative? This is a question I get a lot because oat milk is really, really popular now. Um, I think Starbucks now even has an oat milk option. So my answer is, I don't mind it. It's an okay alternative. The thing just to watch for with oat milk, especially if you're trying to cut back on sugar, is that oat milk, because they're oats, it's pretty high in carbs compared to something like almond or cashew milk. So if you're drinking a lot of it or getting it in your lattes every single day at Starbucks, it's just something to be mindful of. And with that, because it's already high in just naturally occurring sugars, out of this one compared to all of them, I really recommend buying the unsweetened version of it. Uh, you can save yourself a ton of sugar by doing that. And same with anything. I never buy the, or, and this is a, this is the thing, you have to seek out the unsweetened versions of these milks, of oats, almonds, cashew, because the when you see original, that has sweetener in it. So you always want to look for unsweetened. But in general, oat milk, uh, I I don't have an issue with. It's just the sugar content that uh, sometimes can really sneak up on you. Next question is from Wendy. Uh, is grass-fed meat that much different from regular meat? That's a really great question. And because grass-fed is popular, right? And the answer is yes. We are seeing a lot more grass-fed beef on the market. Even fast food chains are highlighting the fact that they use grass-fed beef. So essentially, instead of being fed grains, uh, corn and soy, like conventional factory farm meat, which isn't natural for the animals. Grass-fed cattle are raised on grass their entire lives. And from a nutritional perspective, grass-fed meat, it is better for you. It contains more omega-3 fatty acids, more vitamin E, and more CLA, which is a a type of fatty acid important for, for met- metabolic health. Now, the devil, though, is in the details labeling can be really deceptive. You want to look for either 100% grass-fed or grass-fed, grass-finished. Because what can sometimes happen is they feed them grass for most of their lives, but at the end, they feed them grains, which defeats the entire purpose and plummets the nutritional value of the meat. So you want to look for grass-fed essentially the entire lives. But there is a difference from a nutritional perspective. Okay, moving on. Next question is from Catherine. What is food combining and do you recommend it? Wonderful question, Catherine. And some people know food combining, others don't. So essentially, uh, food combining is a way of eating that only allows for certain food combinations to be eaten at one time. And it's based around the idea that different foods digest at different rates, especially uh, proteins and sugars. So essentially the basic food combining rules are that fruit is to be eaten on its own. Next, you can have protein plus non-starchy veggies like a salad, or you can have a starch plus non-starchy veggies. But the big rule is that you can never have a protein and a starch together in one meal. So for example, a steak and potato would never mix because those two categories, according to this, have different digestion rates and together they can cause gas and bloating. My opinion about food combining, 
Some people swear by it, and it can alleviate some digestive difficulties, and it can be useful for a short period of time if there are digestive issues going on, or if you're sick and you want to be kind of a little bit more gentle with your digestive system. But ideally, the thing is, if everything is working as it should down there, your digestive system should be able to handle different combinations of food. So my answer, it's not something I tend to recommend, but if it is the only thing that works for you, it can be a sign that your digestion needs some extra support. So that would be my answer. For short periods of time, it can be useful to alleviate certain symptoms. Long-term, if it's the only thing that works, more, more research has to be done on your gut. Next up, we have Daniel. Oh, this, so, okay, so Daniel asks, uh, what are my thoughts on cooking veggies in the microwave? Is it a bad idea? So my thoughts on microwave cooking, I might get slack. I I probably will f- uh, for my answer to this. Uh, I, I talked about this on the show, actually, and I kind of I got a little slack. But I am actually okay with microwave cooking. In fact, when it comes to vegetables, it can actually preserve more of the nutrients than something like boiling, where some of the water-soluble nutrients leach out into the water. Of course, be safe. Don't put your face right in front of it as it's going. Um, but as long as you don't mind the texture issues that can sometimes form, microwaving is absolutely okay. And also, if it means you're eating more vegetables because of the convenience, there's merit to that. The one thing you do want to watch for with microwave cooking is what you microwave your food with. You want to avoid anything plastic because it can leach out into the food and ideally just stick with microwave safe glass or or plates. Next up, we're just rapid firing through these. I like efficient answers whenever <laughs> whenever I listen to a Q&A, I, I, I appreciate concise answers. So that's what I'm trying to do here. Uh, next question, Anna asks, um, confession, I love diet pop, but recently heard aspartame is now a carcinogen. Should I be concerned? Uh, this is something else that I also shared with on the show, but it's important to talk about because aspartame kind of blew it. I'm not a fan of aspartame. That That is the thing, but I like to give a balanced answer and a balanced approach. So with this question, I want to begin by clarifying the terminology. So in July of this year, 2023, the World Health Organization declared that aspartame is not a carcinogen, but a possible carcinogen. Because there's different levels or or groups when it comes to this stuff. First level is carcinogenic to humans. After that, we have probably carcinogenic. And after that, one tier down, we have possible carcinogen or possibly carcinogenic. So aspartame falls into that possible category. And for context, alcohol is a known carcinogen. So with this question and aspartame, it does come down to personal choice based on your own personal analysis, your own pro-con analysis based on priorities for you. Um, in defense of aspartame, on the pro-aspartame, aspartame, ah, dang it, I'm not going to redo this, aspartame, oh. <laughs> I swear I wasn't trying to do a Texas accent, I don't know what's going on with me. On the pro-aspartame side, most studies have been done on rats, which don't necessarily translate to humans. Diet pop can be a useful weight management tool for some people, and you would have to be drinking a lot of it 
to increase your risk, as in over 12 to 15 cans a day. On the con side, there is concern and debate over aspartame's effect on our microbiome health and gut health, as well as brain health and our mood. And some people are more sensitive to it than others. So my thoughts on diet pop, honestly, in moderation, once in a while, okay. But if you drink something every single day, even if it's one to two cans of diet pop, and you You've been drinking it for so long and you don't know how you feel without it and you have health issues you're trying to work on, it might be advantageous just to take a break from it and see how you feel. See if you might feel better. Uh, And my last point would be we do live in a world where we have so many options now. We have so many sugar-free drink options that are made with either no sweetener or stevia or monk fruit that in general just have less debate than aspartame does. So maybe switch to those instead. The next question, so we have two more on the docket. Uh, Justin, I have seen A2 milk on the shelves. What is the difference between that and regular milk? Have you seen this? Have you seen in stores, in the dairy section, you'll see regular milk and then you'll see a brand that says A2 milk or from or A2 dairy or A2 cows? So with that, it's actually pretty cool. The difference between A2 milk and regular milk is the protein content. So one of the main proteins in dairy is something called casein, but there's different forms of casein. So for this, we're looking at something called A1 casein versus A2 casein. Uh, And for just simplicity's sake, I'm going to say A1 protein and A2 protein. So originally, way back when, all cow's milk only had this A2 protein. But over time, with breeding and genetic mutations, cows started to produce this A1 protein as well. So most of the milk on the shelves today are a mixture of A1 and A2 proteins. And it's theorized that one of the reasons people have so many issues with dairy nowadays, like gas and bloating, is because of this newer A1 protein. So with that, A2 milk comes from cows that only produce that original, more easy to digest A2 protein. It doesn't contain any A1, and some people find it a lot easier to digest. So if you like the idea of dairy, but you're not sure it agrees with you, go out and buy A2 milk and see if your symptoms resolve and you can tolerate it. Because a lot of people that couldn't do traditional dairy or traditional milk Now that A2 milk is becoming more available, they switch to that and they have no issues at all. So it's kind of cool. Now, of course, that's not a guarantee. Some people are just sensitive to casein in general. Uh, It is one of the more uh, allergy-prone proteins in dairy. Okay, moving on to the last question. Emily asks, not my sister, a different Emily. Uh, (laughs) Emily doesn't ask me anything, my sister. This Emily does. Okay, Emily asks, does it matter what time of day I take my vitamins? Really wonderful question. The answer is... It depends on the vitamin. In general, you want to take vitamins with food, especially if you're prone to stomach issues. But with timing, there are a couple of vitamins I recommend having in the earlier part of the day, either with breakfast or lunch. And these are B vitamins and tricky one, multivitamins, because multivitamins normally contain B vitamins. And B vitamins essentially 
are the energy vitamins. They help convert the food you eat into usable energy. So if you have them at night, it can mess with your sleep. I've worked with people who had terrible sleep issues and they were taking multivitamins for years. And I asked them when they were taking their vitamin and they said with dinner. And as soon as we switched it, and they started taking their multivitamin that contained B vitamins with breakfast or lunch, their sleep drastically improved. So it can be one of those little tweaks that can make a big difference. So B vitamins, B complex, and multivitamins. The other vitamin I've started recommending be taken in the beginning of the day is vitamin D. Some studies suggest that taking vitamin D at night can disrupt your body's circadian rhythm and can interfere with your sleep. And if you take it back and think about it, it makes sense right? Because vitamin D is the sunshine vitamin. And you get that sunshine vitamin in the morning and during the day and not at night. So with that, especially if you have sleep issues, start taking vitamin D in the beginning part of the day. That sound means, we know that sound now, it means it's time for today's feel-good thing, which are weird little small things that make us feel good that deserve a momentary spot in the spotlight. And today's feel-good thing is peeling an orange in one single spiral of a piece. Some people are really good at this. It's like they have an orange peeling talent. I've done it a few times, and if you've had it happen, you feel oddly proud of yourself. It's sort of like a, a meditative practice. You sit, you contemplate life, and you peel an orange, and you peel it into one long piece. You're sort of like the wise elder, People come to you for advice, you always have an orange, and as you're thinking of the advice to give, you peel the orange into one long spiral because you're a wizard. Anyways, that one long peel, it really does just a weird feel-good thing. You feel like you should do a Rubik's Cube after that, because maybe you're good. Anyways, I told you these things can be weird, and uh, yeah, this one stands. Okay, we have covered a lot of different ground today. But that's the fun of it. It's like a big buffet. If you have a question, please feel free to DM or email me. As always, I so appreciate the time you take to give this show a five-star rating or a review, should you feel so inclined. It really does make a difference to helping others find this show. So thank you. I hope you have a wonderful day ahead. And if you sweat like I do and have ever felt shame about it or had a rude girl at the gym try to shame you, I hope you sweat proudly today. It's a good thing, just like you. I will see you next time on Feel Goodery. And now for the legal stuff. The information provided in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional medical advice. Please always consult with your healthcare provider.